you're an artist on record, your ultimate intimate conversation with your favorite artist. And if it's your first time here, make sure you subscribe, hit the bell to be notified so you don't miss any other episodes. If you want to see this episode unedited, uncut, check out our VIP All Access Backstage Pass in Patreon. Also, check out some merch. You want to get a hat or something for the family and support this channel at the same time? Links are down below. Now, everybody, put your hands together for the legendary Mr. Mike Portnoy. You might know him from Dream Theater, Sons of Apollo. Well, he's back, and he's back with the Winery Dogs. And they got their new release, number three, coming out February 3rd, 2023. Links for that are down below. Now, let's talk to Mike. It all starts now. Bam! Now, anyway... I'm going to tell you a little story about me. And if you get offended, you can leave. You're from Long Island. I'm from Canarsie. We understand each other. Okay. Okay. A friend of mine is good friends with you. And some people say they got friends and you could. That's impossible. I don't have any good friends. Well, when you're done with this phone call, I want you to call this person. I understand. Um, I'm a big odd couple fan. And I understand you and my friend Derek Shrinian both have ah. an appreciation for Felix Unger and his honk. <laughs> what is it? Ah. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Derek, um, now that you're getting to know me, um, I'm good friends with Shrinian, and I am the guy responsible for the, the shag and lava lamps. Ah. I'm that oh. guy. All right, I'm hanging up. <laughs> You're probably the guy responsible for Derek being removed from Dream Theater. Yeah, indirectly. <laughs> you know what? I had to make it up to him because I'm uh, also responsible for another thing. I'm the responsible because I always felt the guilt. Since I went with him to see Dream Theater, at the, I think it was a House of Blues, went to his show. I'm like, you know, because I'm not a prod guy. I'm like, I go, this is this is great. But Derek, were you there? And it was a whole mockery thing. I, go, I didn't even see you up there. Didn't even see on the stage. It's like me and my shadow. I'm busting his chops. I go, you know what you need to do, Sharinian? You need to make it sexy. I go, listen. He goes, I do? I go, you do. He goes, what do you mean? I go, get the lava lamps. Starsky and Hutch. Bring back the 70s. You know, make it sexy. Looking for Mr. Goodbar. Bring some sex to Dream Theater. They'll love it. Yeah. (laughs) And then he got fired. (laughs) Well, the funniest thing is the first show we did after Derek was let go, we get over to France. Uh, I think it was in France. It was the first show since he he was let go. And sure enough, we open up the wardrobe case and in the wardrobe case with his were his platform shoes, his yellow feathered boa, uh, his his big Bono, you know, yellow glasses and uh and a few other things that can, that have to remain unmentionable. But anyway, we put them on a chair in the front of the stage to pay tribute to, uh, you know, to Derek's time in the band as we as we moved on into the next chapter. But he was with us at that first show in spirit with his lava lamps and feathered boa and platform shoes. But I always felt guilty. I go, Sharinian, one day I got a phone call. I go, I know I'm the reason why you're not in Dream Theater. And your yeah. career might be in the toilet, but let me tell you something. I'm here to save you. What do you mean? I go, I just got a phone call from Eddie Van Halen. I go, we're going to play his backyard party. Oh, okay. So you set that up. I'm the guy. That's a legendary uh, story. Your your idea for Derek, it was the right idea, but the wrong band. It wasn't the right band. I had an idea. Sometimes they don't go as well as planned. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Get on the boat. 
exercise. Winery Dogs' new release, uh, number three, or the third, released uh, available February third, twenty twenty three. It makes it's a it's a it's it's fitting for you guys. Three piece, exactly. Right, yeah. third album. Yep, exactly. What are you going to call it? Number nine? Number nine? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 we're all about the three. We're all about the the, the power trio and the power of three. It, it's better that way. And you know what? Less egos to deal with. You only got you three now. That's right. It's That's absolutely true. <laughs> it's, when, I, I'm, believe me, I'm in plenty of bands of four and five people. And the more people you add into the mix, the tougher it is to get along. You know, and the, if you look at all the classic power trios in history, they almost never had lineup changes. The police was only those three guys. Rush was only those three guys. ZZ Top until Dusty passed was only those three guys. Cream was only those three guys. So, you mm -hmm. know, there's something to be said for the trio combination. And also the Bee Gees. We can't forget about them. Yeah, that's you, true. You know, although Andy, Andy was in there for a little while, but uh, and actually the Bee Gees started as a five piece. Those early classic uh 60s albums you know the first album and idea and uh uh you know those are those uh kind of power pop ones they actually had a drummer and a uh i guess a guitar player or a bass yeah. player same of course we stills and nash you know uh they had dallas dallas taylor and uh whoever the I can't remember the bass player, but yeah. So yeah, even BGs and Crosby, Stills and Nash started as a five piece, even though it was only three singers. Yeah, they. they I guess when they rebranded re and then they came out as the, they go, "What are we going to pay these guys for? It's us. The hell with them. They're too yeah. much of a problem. You know, exactly. it's like a Sharinian. Too much of a problem. Get rid of them. <laughs> Get rid of them. Make it a three piece over here. But you know what? I was going to ask you. You know. You named a couple of bands. Would you say, as a kid growing up, would you would you want to have been in a three piece? Was it cool back then as a kid, or you looked at like four pieces, like the Beatles, like that's the way to go? Well, I never really thought about it, but my, you know, all of my favorite bands were four pieces: the Beatles, the Who, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Kiss. All my favorite bands growing up were four pieces. But then I discovered Rush and got into Prague, and then, but uh. When, you know, my very first real band was Dream Theater. And when we formed at Berkeley, we were just the three of us for about a year before we added keyboards and vocals. You know, we started Dream Theater as just myself, John Petrucci and John Myung. So, you know, that first year when we were still, we were called Majesty back then, it was a, it was just three of us. And, you know, I've done a, a few other trios through the years, but the Winery Dogs is is the consummate, ultimate, you know, three-piece setup, really. Playing with Billy and Richie is just a, a great, great lineup. It's a great lineup. I mean, doing a three-piece, it's it's you need the right guys too because Richie, uh, what a great guitar player, and Billy, you know everybody. I remember seeing Billy as a kid. I had him on the show, but I remember going to Lamore's in Brooklyn when Talis used to play back in. Back oh yeah, in the day. I saw I saw uh, Talis at Lamore, Brooklyn. I saw him in. Uh, Back at the stage door in Deer Park. I mean, I used to see them all the time back in the clubs back in the early 80s. Yeah, they was and they started as a trio as well. I used to go see them in the four with the four-piece lineup with Mark Mark Miller, Phil Narrow, and, and Johnny Angel. But the original Talis lineup was a three-piece as well. The first couple albums was uh, uh just three of them. So yeah. No, that I forgot I didn't know about them. I remember it was like around 83 when I started going to Lamore's. It might have been yeah. those bands like Prophet. They were <laughs> Oh yeah, well I used to go see Twisted Sister and Zebra, you know, back in the in the early club days as well. And now I play with Twisted Sister. So I'm going to be playing with them this week, actually, you know, for the first time in about six years. So you got an award show with them, right? They're giving away 
It's yeah, they're getting they're getting inducted into the Metal Hall of Fame, and myself and Steve Vai are going to induct him, and then I'm going to play with the band. We're going to play three songs at the ceremony, and uh, you know, we or them or them and myself, we haven't played together in uh, since 2016, since the you know the final farewell shows they did. So yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, Mike, I'll tell you, you touched a note on Twisted Sister because you and I both the same age both born the 67 great year for music sergeant pepper all yeah. that great stuff but twisted sister for the people out there watching they were legendary on the oh East yeah Coast. absolutely i think that's something that steve i and i will talk about in the induction uh ceremony because uh steve and myself and i guess you as well used to go see them in the long island clubs this was before the mtv oh, yeah. videos i mean they were the coolest local club band on the circuit and they just kicked so much ass they were like the greatest live band d was the greatest front man jj was like the the robin to his batman and yeah. they just and i used to go uh sneak into clubs and see them back in the in the day and then also i had these legendary cassettes they would have uh some of their shows broadcast live on wlir or whatever back in the day and i had the cassettes of those shows and them playing at all these you know at, at my father's place and hammerheads and all these things and those early shows were legendary what they they had all the disco sucks rallies, yes. and, you know, and they would be singing like at the white castle and do all these cover songs, everything from born to be wild to, you know, classic Sabbath stuff. And they were the, the ultimate club band back in the day. I got to see a little growth of sister because I had been like 16 when I, I'd go sneak into Lemoore's at that point in Lemoore's in Brooklyn. I remember they ended the set with it's only rock and roll. Yeah. And it was like, it wanted me to throw away my Rolling Stones records. Yeah. Actually, I played that with them a few times. Uh, they busted that out because that was like their closing song back in the club days. And then that was the song that got them signed. They did a, an appearance on a UK TV show and they and they brought Lemmy out and Lemmy played that song with them as well. But they wiped off all their makeup and it was a, they just won the crowd over with that tune. Yeah. Uh, it was so cool. I used to think they were an English band because the video for You Can't Stop Rock and Roll always reminded me of an, an English vibe, the, the overcast yeah. weather. I remember that You Can't Stop Rock and Roll video. I mean, that was the first video, I think, Twisted. And I loved, I mean, I loved that they had the whole biker vibe and, and you know, yeah. that even when I started playing with them, they patched me in. Like I got my colors, you know, and we all go, go to the stage wearing our, wearing our jackets and our vests with the colors on. And I love that whole biker vibe that they have. It's there. It's like a real brotherhood. But I got to ask you something about your past a little bit, which it blew my mind because there was a movie that I loved play misty for me and your dad be, was it became a dj because of that movie can you just tell me a little of that story Mike? not only became a dj he became a dj at krml uh in carmel california exactly where the movie takes place yeah i mean uh i grew up on long island and my parents got divorced when i was a year and a half old mm -hmm. so uh and in any case uh my dad uh wanted to was thinking about moving out west coast and uh saw the movie play misty for me and loved the location in carmel california and thought that clint eastwood's job on the on the radio uh was the coolest thing ever so he literally picked up moved out to carmel and got a job at krml radio uh, 
It's crazy. And then, then I used to do the morning show with him. Uh, when I'd go out and visit him, I'd do the morning show with him every day and be on the air with him every day. I still have cassettes, uh, you That's know, so of, cool. of, of, of that. Yeah. That was that back is... in like 73, 74. So. so the actual setting of the way they filmed it, it actually was that real... Oh that's that's all it i was would sit in that same room that clint eastwood is in the movie i would sit in that room cool. every morning brand new release from the funk capital of the world squeeze me what, what a great great thing you have photographs personal yeah. photo of you in there and stuff yeah, oh, that's totally. so cool man that's yeah, legendary yeah. And, and what a beautiful place carmel was yeah it's well so he moved out there in 72 or 73 and he stayed there until he passed away you know uh back in 2009 so yeah i used to spend my summers out there and in fact um there was a movie theater in monterey which is the next town over to carmel and a movie theater called the dream theater and that's where i used to go see uh the rocky horror picture show and a clockwork orange and rock and roll high school and all these like midnight movies at the dream theater in monterey and that's when my band was looking for a band name my dad suggested hey what about the name dream theater and that's where it came from. That's where it came from, your dad. Yeah, huh? yeah he suggested it from the movie theater in Monterey. And then that's how the name Dream Theater came about. Let me ask you, Winery Dogs 3, will it be on vinyl? Really? It's going to be coming a little later in the year. Uh, uh, just a lot of the vinyl manufacturers are behind uh, schedule after COVID. So it takes a little longer than it used to. But yeah, it'll absolutely be on vinyl later in the year. That's cool. And then you guys recorded this album when you went writing it. You did it old school. You got into a room where people don't do these things. Oh, that, well, that's the only way I do it. All the bands, all the albums I do, I it, it has to be in the room together. I mean, that's that's what it's about. It's about, you know, the, the personal chemistry, especially if you're writing together. You know, you want to be together doing it. So, yeah. Right, so now you got the record coming out. Number three, released in February. Um, you could pre-order it now. So I'll put all the links down below for all everybody watching here. And um, that's cool. And so you got a long tour going on. I see all your dates. It's like a going out. It starts in February. And as of now, we have dates all the way through November at this point. Not of all, not all of which have been announced yet, but yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty long tour all year long. And all three of us have other things going, but you know, the focus right now for the entire 2023 is the winery dog. So that's, that's pretty much all we're going to be doing. Everybody watching. Mike Portnoy here. We'll get him back. I'll beg him and I'll and I'll, <laughs> I'll beg his friends to, to get him back here. You got the winery dogs. Three coming out. And uh, three is one's the loneliest number. Not three, everybody. Pre-order now. Links will be in the description down below. But Mike, I got to thank you for just even giving me the opportunity. And I hope yeah, I, man. If, I, if I annoyed you, go tell Derek to screw off. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I do. There is no bigger shit stirrer on earth than Derek shit stir shit You know what? You just met the match because all of us together, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. But I love for you to come back. We'll talk more vinyl. Go down the rabbit hole whenever you're available because you'll be awesome. busy. Thank you very much. Congratulations on the new release. And uh thanks for doing the good music you do, man. You know, thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it fun conversation man good talking to you absolutely you too mike hope to speak to you again i'll let you get out of here until then everybody we're out of here mike portnoy in the house thanks mike all righty thank you man that was mike portnoy if you want to catch more of this episode unedited uncut make sure you click on the box right up here until then everybody i am stefan you are beautiful remember who loves you baby we do subscribe give us a thumbs up and we'll catch you all later get out of here crazy kids bam